0: You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello Diamondbacks and hello Cardinal fans. We have a crossover edition of both Locked On Diamondbacks and Locked On Cardinals today for Thursday, May the 27th. The voice you're hearing right now is the St. Louis Cardinal mega fan, Lucas Smith. I'm joined by... Miller Thomas have locked on Diamondbacks as well. Miller, how are we doing today?
1: Doing pretty good, you know. Arizona, sunny and hot as always. So beautiful day out here, Nazy. How's it? How's life looking for you, Lucas? It's going good. You know, I'm, when we're recording this on Wednesday, pull the curtain back
0: a little bit. We're recording on Wednesday, I just got back from the Cardinal game in Chicago, so I can't complain either. Uh, before we get any further, today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Uh, if you hmm. want to download Locker Room and join Miller and myself. Um, Whenever we go live, so we join the locker room and link your Twitter and uh, locker room, changing the way we talk sports. But let's talk some baseball here on the podcast. Miller, we've done a couple of crossovers in the past, and I'm happy to do one today as well. You said you had
1: questions, so I'm going to let you fire those questions away. (laughs) Okay, well, I I just wanted to start with a nice fluff, easy question (laughs) to start off. You no, know, Cardinals in first place, a few games above 500. I know you said they got the win today. I just want to know how you're feeling as a Cards fan, you know, doing the podcast, watching a team win. That that must be fun, right? Watching a team win games. <laughs> it is fun. It's a nice little added twist we get to do here in
0: Missouri. So, yeah, it's been good. The, the name of the season really has been when the Cardinals pitch well, they win. You know, it sounds like a pretty easy uh Formula to crack, but it, it really—it's it, been 100 true. They're starting pitching when it's not good, they lose, and when it's good, they win. And their bullpen, you know, they have three really a three headed monster in Gallegos, Cabrera, and Reyes that have really been lights out. That was a formula to the win on Wednesday. Really, I mean, they pitched four shutout innings in relief of John Gant. So the offense has been a bit of a struggle, only averaging three run, just over three runs a game in their last ten. Um, so hoping to get some pieces back uh from injury and maybe make a couple additions as well on the trade deadline. Uh, but i feel pretty good as a Cardinal fan. You know, we're, we're ending May here, and like you said, big in first place, you can't complain too much.
1: Yeah, it must be a nice feeling because the D-backs fan going into this series, I mean, the D-backs lose tonight to the Giants. There'll be three straight series where we get swept, lost the last series uh against the Nationals too, so I think it would be... I want to say a 10-game losing streak if the D-backs lose today. Three straight series sweeps. So as a D-backs fan, things are not going well. And your guy (laughs) Reyes, your guy Reyes, hey, I picked him up in fantasy now. I I tell every podcast host who comes on here who I might have a guy from their team on my fantasy team, that guy Reyes, he's got something in his bag. I was looking at his career stats today. I was like, where did this guy come from? His <laughs> career numbers before this season really weren't that eye popping and then this year he's got what like a .6 ERA probably after today's game. Oh. His numbers are insane. I want to start with the starting pitching, but since you brought up the relief, like where did this guy Reyes come from honestly and how strong is this Cardinals bullpen with him, you know, manning that closer position? Yeah, still perfect
0: and save opportunities. And to be honest with you, he was a really top prospect about four or five years ago. They expected him to be, you know, the guy at the time Michael Walker was the ace. So they expected him to kind of be the next Michael Walker. He had a little bit of drug use earlier in a career that caused a suspension, but since then, it's been an injury, uh, lat issues, a couple of arm issues here and there that really sidelined him from 2017 all the way until pretty much last year. I mean, 2020 was his first quote-unquote full season at the big league level, and that was only an abbreviated 60-game stint, so this is really the Alex Reyes that the Cardinals have been dying to see for four or five years. Um, mm. You know, made his debut in 2016, so the the goal is to make him be a starter but to answer your your overall question the bullpen like i mentioned those three guys have been fantastic uh, they have the, the three lowest eras in the bullpen among qualifiers for, for in the Cardinals system um and when, when they don't pitch the cardinals bullpen doesn't pitch well um it, it's just that simple tyler webb has had a career worse year junior fernandez is struggling guy like andrew miller hasn't pitched in a while because he's been hurt um mm. So, I mean, it's been solid at times, but those three have been solid throughout the year. And right now we're, we're kind of seeing the depth being tested. But those three have really, um, they, they've set down, they set the tone well. And it's just a matter of can that can that be contagious to the rest of the bullpen?
1: Yeah. And I, Michael Waka, I'm just looking at his baseball reference right now. He, I mean, he was pretty good those first three years, all star in that third year. And then he just sure. kind of fell off. I don't really know what happened to that guy. But yeah. For the D-backs, they're not scoring a lot of runs right now, and it seems like if they go against that Cardinals bullpen, uh, it seems like the game might be over if they're not leading by the time that Cardinals bullpen comes up because uh, I guess the rotation would be the most vulnerable spot if the D-backs want to get on the Cardinals early, would to be attack that rotation. And on the mound for game one is going to be Carlos Martinez, who I feel like, what, he he was probably a pretty high prospect too. I feel like there was a lot of buzz around his name when he was first Mm -hmm. entering the big league ranks. And, Carlos Martinez, last year in 2020, uh, you could probably elaborate more, but he only had five starts. I didn't really look into why, so maybe you could explain why. But the five starts last year had an ERA above nine, so not really that great. But (laughs) how do you think his 2020 performance compares to this year, and what can the D-backs fans expect from him on the mound in game one? Martinez is
0: a character. I'll say that much for sure. He he came up as this fiery bullpen guy in 2013, and since then – you know, he was a starter. He was an all-star a couple times in 15 and 17, I want to say. And yeah, his 2020 w- was atrocious. It, it really was. He had some some soldier issues that sidelined him a couple of different times that ended his season. But he was able to have a healthy offseason, a healthy spring training. Uh, he was on the IL because he hurt himself celebrating. He twisted mm-hmm. his ankle, celebrating. So he was. He just made his first start back from the IL on Saturday against the Cubs and threw six solid innings. His ERA is 418. That's not really, in my opinion, indicative of how he's pitched. Because uh, when you look at the game logs, they are a little bit kinder to him. So I think Martinez it, it could be a guy that you know he's a dark horse in this rotation. He either pitches really, really well or not so well. Um, six inning, he gave up two in his last start. My apologies, but you know I look for you know you're going to see fastball, changeup, slider are the three main pitches you're going to see from Carlos and. Well, if his changeup is on, he, he'll be solid.
1: Okay, well, the D-backs, I think as a team, I think they hit pretty solid against the changeup. and I, I think they are I think they do pretty solid against the off-speed pitch. So maybe that could be a game where the D-backs, you know, maybe revive this offense. We'll see. I mean, <laughs> it's been so long since I've seen quality offense. I have no confidence in the D-backs doing that. But one other starter we'll see during this season, I guess you could call him. I, no, you probably wouldn't call him the Cardinals ace. I'm guessing you would call Flaherty the yep. Cardinals ace, but we won't see him this year. We'll see the OG ace of the Cardinals this series. I think in game three, we'll see Adam Wainwright. And Adam Wainwright was a guy from like, what, 2017 to 2019. I was like, this guy's in a major decline. This guy, uh, I mean, he, he was one of the best in his prime, but he did not look the same. He looked like a back-end rotation guy, you know, during that three-year span, but 2020. Had a pretty strong 2020 season and then this year he looks at least kind of been picking it up right where he left off in 2020 so how has this guy been able to have a resurgence like the last what year and a half almost after seemingly having three straight years where he was entering a decline and he should have been because he was in his late 30s he's like 39 years old.
0: Yeah, Wainwright is a guy that continues to defy logic. He defies father time. He and Yachty both go way back. You know, he just wasn't able to stay healthy. He went through pretty much a whole year in 2017 of a dead arm, is what he basically called it, towards Achilles in 2015, going far back that far. So he's been able to stay healthy. I think that's been the big key. Um, Even as he's 38 years old, he's been able to stay healthy. That curveball continues to... Confuse hitters to this day, which is bizarre. But one thing that I think that, that can give you uh, a little bit of hope in facing Andrew Wainwright are yeah. his our his home and road splits because they are they are pretty despairing. Um, he plain and simple does not pitch well at on the road at all, and obviously he will be on on the road in this series. And I'm trying to find where where that uh, you know I tweeted it out a couple couple days ago. Trying to find it uh, of those home and road splits, but you wouldn't expect him to be that bad for somebody as old as him, and that's not not that meant to be a dig at him, but for somebody of of his uh, his age, you would imagine that he would be able to to pitch better on the road, and he just hasn't been able to. So here they are in six starts at home, he's got an ERA of two point four one and forty one innings, opponents hitting just a buck ninety six. In three starts on the road, thirteen and two thirds of an inning, that's an eight point five six ERA, giving up thirteen earned runs and. Opponents hitting 333. So that way no start, because it's on the road, might be one to win. A quick break in the action before we get back to Miller and I's conversation. I want to tell you guys about Wealthfront. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a new investor or a longtime investor, Wealthfront can help you out because it makes investing easy. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low cost index funds personalized for you in a matter of minutes. No more manual trading, no picking stocks or watching the stock market each and every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest because for the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. And it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com slash locked on MLB. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB, and that's for life. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash LockedOnMLB to start growing your savings. Once again, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnMLB and get started today. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly seal the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same whether you're a professional or just a do-it-yourselfer. Go to rockauto.com right now and seal the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write Locked On in our How Do You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com
1: Well, that, I guess that'll give me a little bit of confidence going into uh, this series weekend of games. I mean, I mean, if the D-backs couldn't get dubs against the Colorado Rockies, I mean, <laughs> I'm not feeling <laughs> way too confident against these uh, St. Louis Cardinals who seem to be, you know, peaking at the right time. I maybe not the right time. I mean, we're only like game 40 out here. Game I guess game 50. I guess we're in the 50s now. So, I, I what's the right time of the season and looks like for the D-backs, I'm looking at it now. They're probable pitchers. Matt Peacock going tomorrow. I mean, that's a journeyman guy who basically came out of nowhere for the D-backs this season and is now <laughs> because of how bad uh Injuries have been for this D-backs team. I mean, Massive Bumgarner, he's back in the rotation now. He didn't miss any starts, but he left one start early a couple weeks ago. They just announced today Luke Weaver is going to be out a month, and we're going to be talking about Luke Weaver later. Don't you worry, Lucas. We're going to be talking (laughs) about Luke Weaver a little bit later because they announced today he's going to be out the next four. Well, it's going to be four weeks before they even reevaluate him, so – We'll see about that. Zach Allen's finally throwing again today, 120 feet. So this rotation is battered. Taylor Widener, who is arguably our best starter this year, he's out the rotation again right now with injuries. So at one point, it looked like four of the five starters in this rotation was going to be hurt. And thankfully, Madison Baumgartner did not get hurt. And the only guy (laughs) that seemed to be healthy was clearly the worst starter in the rotation in Merrill Kelly. So if anyone, I don't wish injuries On anybody, But if someone had to, you know, if if we had to sacrifice someone, it would have been Merrill Kelly. And somehow he's (laughs) the only one that survived in this rotation. But I also I want to switch gears a little bit. Get off the pitching. I want to talk a little bit about the Cardinals offense because I, I found their offensive numbers kind of surprising. They're ninth in average OPS and run scored in the National League. And that was entering today. That was before today's game. So ninth in average OPS and run scored just straight nines you could go to vegas and hit the lotto with that but (laughs) why haven't they been better i mean they got goldschmidt they got arenado they got some studs in that lineup why how are they only ninth in every offensive category On paper, this is a
0: very, very good offensive team, or at least by name alone, right? Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, and I don't mean to say this as as an excuse, but they're just not healthy. I mean, they have Edmundo Sosa starting at short top in place of injured Paul DeYoung, And Sosa's played as the best out of all these players you're going to mention. Harrison Bader just got hurt. So you're going to have Carlson move to center and either Lane Thomas or Justin Williams start at the corners. And Tyler O'Neill is hurt. So he's going to start at the other corner. And... You know, Williams and um, and Thomas just aren't performing like they should be. And then you're also, because of that, the DH you had, Max Moroff start today. He'll get some starts at second base when Edmonds is a day off, and he is just not a major league player right now. Molina mm. is starting to go back to a little bit to earth because he started off red hot. So a combination of injuries and guys not really hitting. No one's really hot right now for St. Louis outside of their leadoff, man, Tommy Edmund. And I'm sure yeah, will go ahead, go ahead.
1: No, no, if you want to finish your point, you're on. No,
0: I was going to say, I'm sure we'll talk about Goldschmidt, but Edmund is really the only man that's hitting right now. And the the bottom third of the lineup yesterday or you know Wednesday went 0 for 12 with nine strikeouts. Uh, That was lineup seven through nine yesterday for St. Louis. So they're just not – no one's hitting right now for St. Louis, plain and simple.
1: Okay, and I just wanted to piggyback off your Yadier point because – The dude is 38, and I guess it sounds like he's come back to earth a little bit. I didn't look at his recent splits, but I did look at his numbers on the season. And if you're telling me he's come back to earth now, I can only imagine what his numbers were looking like (laughs) a week and a half ago because this guy's second best OPS on the team right now, on pace to have the most home runs since 2018. I mean, Wainwright, now you got Yadier Molina. I mean, this is like the 2013 Cardinals all over again. I mean, how, how are all your old players having resurgent seasons late in their career? I don't know. There must be something in the water in St. Louis,
0: man. I don't know what it is, but Yachty and Wainwright just continue to get it done. I mean, there's, there's nobody else like them. You know, I might be a bit biased, but there's nobody like Yachty or Wainwright. There just isn't.
1: Yeah. And I'm sure Ben Kass, picked of Lockdown Giants would have, you know, a <laughs> few, uh, a few, uh, I don't even know what the word is. My mic is messing up over here in my ear. I lost my train of thought with what the word is, but I'm sure Ben would probably disagree with Buster Posey and his take. But <laughs> there you go. You know, we're we're a few months removed now from uh that Nolan Arenado trade. We know we all know about the deal. And I just want to get your thoughts on it. You know, with your hindsight, they you have now, not only with how you think he's performing for the new team, the St. Louis Cardinals, of course, but how you also feel in terms of what you gave up for Nolan Arenado? Like, do you feel like you just flat out fleece the Rockies? I mean, at the time it felt like a fleece. Does is that solidified now? Because sometimes you can have that 2020 hindsight and be like, man, we thought it was a fleece, but this guy actually turned out to be a stud, and we didn't even realize he was when he was in our organization. Well, as of right now,
0: it, it's still highway robbery. Um, and again, that, that is no disrespect to the, the pieces that went to Colorado on that deal. And, you know, the, the main guy in that w- was left-handed pitcher, Austin Gomber, who's three and four with a area f- of 4.56 and 10 starts with the Rockies. So that's, you know, that's, that's not that great. I think Auburn could be a nice piece, but the, the big reason I think this is still a highway robbery, still a fleece, as you put it, is the contract. Cause if our not out after this year, which I don't think he will, the Cardinals, didn't pay a dime for him. Mm. And if he stays, the Cardinals still didn't pay a dime for him this year. So they're getting Nolan Arenado for free regardless of what he decides at the end of the year. And to me that's a big reason why this is still just one of the more lopsided trades in recent history. And again, maybe one of the prospects pans out more than the Cardinals thought. But as of right now, this is still highway robbery. Arnado struggled the last week or so, but still putting up solid numbers overall, 10 home runs over 30 runs driven in, which is pretty good at this mark of the season. I think the, the league leader is 16 or the MLB leader is 16. So having 10 isn't, isn't too shabby. So an elite defense at third base, he's molded in incredibly well with this club and he, he's, you know, he's not the only former NOS player to be playing well with St. Louis. So us say, say that much.
1: <laughs> yeah. And we're, we're, don't worry. We're about to get to Paul Goldstein. a <laughs> whole deal in just a second. but Before we get there, I just want to ask you like, what's your, I ask all the lockdown hosts uh, about this question when they're, when they have a team, when they have a player that was acquired or traded in a big deal. Like, what is your personal philosophy when it comes to trading star players? Like, what are you looking for in return? Because, Just for me, I feel like returns in baseball just aren't that good, honestly, when you're trading these star players. A lot of times you're getting these middling prospects or you're just not getting great value. I think I would rather, instead of trying to get a middling prospect, just give me a young guy who's already been on the major league level maybe for a couple years, who's flashed potential. I will rather trade... Uh, for a guy like Ben attendee and like a middling prospect. Cause at least I've seen Ben attendee in the fly, you know, in the past mm-hmm. flash some, you know, really high level stuff. And I, I just feel like these teams do themselves a disservice when they trade an established star for what the 12th, and 15th best prospect in another team's organization. Like, wh- how does that help? If you're going to trade for prospects, at least trade for the top echelon. At least in the Zach Greinke trade, the D-backs could say, hey, we got three of the top five prospects back in the Astros organization. You can at least kind of save face by doing that. But when you look at what the Rockies did, like, they traded Arenado, they got back crap pieces, and they're still paying the guy. You just said – he's free for you guys this year. And he's mm-hmm. arguably the best player at his position. Like how, what's your philosophy when it comes to trading players? If you know, you have to, if it comes to that time where it's like a Trevor story, where you're like, we're not re-signing Trevor story. He's dipping at the end of the year. So we better trade him at the deadline.
0: Well, first of all, as much as I love the fact that Arnato did join the team. I think trades like this are bad for baseball. Um, same thing with the reason I think that the Lindor trade is bad for baseball because you have small market teams basically not willing to pay their stars, and then you have stars just flooding the big market. Um, again, that's a different discussion. But overall, I think baseball is so hard to judge the return because prospects are so much harder to judge. The value is so much different. Like a rookie in baseball is so much different than the rookie in basketball because just baseball is just weird and fluky. There's so much more data to look at. There's so many ways to interpret the data. So you almost have to, I agree with you, you almost would desire, I agree with you on the desire to have a major league talent, or at least somebody who has seen the major leagues, because how many number one overall draft picks have we seen just fall flat on their face and not even even see the major leagues off in the distance? You know what I'm saying? Highly touted prospects, and it's just so much harder to judge. So I think that's why... When you're trying to trade these superstar players, you know, you you say you want prospects and, you know, the the teams can offer prospects, but they're just so much more difficult to judge, so much more difficult to put a a quantifiable value on them. So I think that that's why that's why it makes it so hard in baseball. Um, So I I would agree. I would like to see more major league for major league talent rather than major league talent for minor leagues and cash. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And then I want to ask you that to preface this next question, because now I want to talk about it. We got to get to this Paul Goldschmidt <laughs> trade. I got to know how you're feeling. We're we're in year three now of Goldschmidt in St. Louis and hard to believe. You know, yeah. And I told you today, Luke Weaver, he's out for a month, but at least the other piece in that deal, Carson Kelly, he's looking like a legit all-star this season. So three years later, Goldschmidt, he's been pretty good, been pretty productive for your team, but. Do you feel like you guys might have given up too much, or would you do the deal all over again if you had to? As we sit today,
0: I would still do the deal. Um, you know, as good as Carson Kelly has been in 2019 and this year, um, I still think that this was a bat the Cardinals needed. Um, this was a, a hole in the lineup they needed and still need. He's having a down year right now. There's no question mm-hmm. about it. His Allen base is just 307. He's hitting just two fifty-four. Slugging 405, which isn't terrible, that's well below his, his career average of slugging, though. Um, his weight of runs created plus is just that league average. He's a career really bad uh, hitter in these first couple months. Not mm-hmm. this bad, usually, but he usually gets off to slow starts, so I'm worried about him this year and maybe in the future. But sitting here right now, I'm okay with that deal 100% because the Cardinals in 2018 were close to the playoffs, but their offense needed a jolt. They, got, they just got Marcelo Zuna. They needed something else, and Goldschmidt was that guy. Carson Kelly was just going to rot away on the bench for Yadier Molina for four more years. Luke Weaver wasn't really cutting it in St. Louis, but he might have been find success somewhere else, which he may or may not have had. I haven't really looked at the numbers, to be honest with you, but I'm mm-hmm. still okay with that deal. He's struggling right now. He needs to kick it into gear right now. He's not playing very well, uh, but he, he does need to kick into gear. But, uh, again, more than okay with that trade as we sit here three years later.
1: Yeah. And when they were in St. Louis, you know, in cards, uniforms, who did you value more at the time? And let's pretend Yadier wasn't on the team. So you could at least have the full potential of a Carson Kelly who at the time, when you watched them, did you think was going to have the better career and a higher ceiling? At least
0: I honestly, at the time thought Luke Weaver, Mm. you know, Carson Kelly really didn't show me much at the major league level for me to think, okay, this guy's pretty good. You know, even at the minor league level, you know, he, he was a highly talented prospect, but you know, I didn't see too many like, whoa, this guy is the next Yachty or this guy is the next person to replace Yachty, you know, and you know, there, there is only one Yadier or Molina, but I just really liked Luke, Luke Weaver's, um, you know, mindset, uh, swagger on the mound his stuff. I thought it was decently good, you know, fastball changeup usually has pretty good success at the major league level if we're able to control it. So, you know, I honestly was, was higher on Luke. Weaver. I was more disappointed. I'll put it this way. I was more disappointed that they lost Luke Weaver than I was. Yeah. That they lost Luke Carson Kelly for a couple of reasons. The ones I've already mentioned, also the fact that Andrew Kisner, the current backup catcher, was already on the Cardinals whenever Kelly was dealt. So you had two backup catchers that you could see, you know, kind of taking the reins in the near future. And Kisner to me is that at the time was the better catcher. So I was higher on Weaver than I was on Kelly.
1: Okay. And I don't think Carson Kelly could keep up this toward pace he's on. I mean, he's batting 333, 1078 OPS. I mean, wow. he's got more walks than strikeouts this season 23 walks to 18 strikeouts. He's That's been impressive. a walk. Yeah, he's been highly impressive this season. Now I don't think he could keep it up at that pace, but I definitely think he could be a borderline all-star catcher for this D-backs team for a while. Because oh yeah, in 2019, he did show the pop. I think he'd definitely be a power catcher that could get on base at a, uh, you know, at a pretty good rate, maybe around 36% of the time, but. Luke Weaver is the guy that's a real enigma because you mentioned that fastball changeup. And this season, that's pretty much all he throws. He pretty much only throws a fastball changeup. And there's been starts where he's looked really good and he's looked like a dominant guy. And then there's been starts where I'm like, can we put this guy in the bullpen? Because he might be the worst starter in the rotation. He's just so <laughs> up and down, and that's the issue with Luke Weaver. He's just not consistent. There's never, like, a barometer where you feel like, all right, we're going to get five innings from Luke Weaver tonight, and he's going to at least give us three earned runs and make it a you know a semi-quality start. It's either good or bad when it comes to Luke Weaver. And in 2020 – it was only bad. This guy was atrocious in 2020. And then 2021, it's been up and down, like I said, and now he's dealing with injury, dealt with injury in 2019. So I'm really concerned for Luke Weaver, honestly. I mean, everyone talks about his stuff and his potential. And until I see it come to fruition, like I, there's not really much. I, there, I don't have a lot of investment in this guy. He hasn't really proven too much. The only reason I have an investment in him is because we traded our franchise cornerstone player to you guys in the St. Louis Cardinals. So, right now, I don't know how to feel about Luke Weaver, but he can change my thoughts. I was all the way out on the Madison Bum Garner bandwagon for, you know, hey, about you a were. year and a half. I yeah. was I was highly out on it. But he had that little five-star span where he looked like the best pitcher in baseball and I was all the way back in on the bandwagon. So, Luke Weaver can change my mind, but he has to, he has to turn it around. And like Carson Kelly, I was off Carson Kelly's bandwagon after 2020. Now, guess what? I'm back in. He's been the best D-backs player without Kentel Marte in the lineup, and that's not even hyperbole. Like, he's legitimately been the best player in this D-backs lineup. So I- I'm still waiting to see, uh, you know, how-, how this trade shakes out. And I guess if the D-backs had to do it again, maybe they would do it again just because Carson Kelly looks like he's going to be a first-time all-star this season. But Luke Weaver, man, I, I mean, he really puts a he, he puts a big question mark on the trade because the D-backs thought they were probably trading for a guy with a ceiling of a number two, maybe a floor of a number three. And right now, he looks at best like a four or five starter for this rotation. One more break in the action, and I want to tell you guys about Lucy. It is 2021.
0: So unplug your vape, get rid of your cigarettes, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It's so simple. You don't even have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Lucy lozenges and Gums are also FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend your pre-tax dollars on them. Locked on MLB Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get 20% off all products on your first order, including gum or lozenges. That's Lucy.co. And using promo code LOCKEDONMLB at checkout. Also, I have to give this disclaimer. Warning, this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Be sure to use that promo code LOCKEDONMLB. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We're already almost to Memorial Day. You can track all the action at BetOnline. You can also get the latest news, odds, and infos for all your sporting needs, not just MLB, including the Stanley Cup playoffs, NBA Finals, and the UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website, BetOnline.ag, or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That promo code is locked on, L O C K E D O N, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And before we get back to the conversation between Millard and myself, be sure to listen to the Locked On Today podcast. Today they're talking about who has been the best player in the NBA playoffs so far. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with Locked On Today podcast. Follow Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's more of Millard and myself. Yeah, I think that that's a good point you bring up of like he can change our mind because I, I was wrong. You know, as of today I sit here, I'm wrong on, on who I was hired on. You know, I, I liked liked Weaver a lot more than I probably should have, you know. And it, it's just interesting to look back on it because I, I really don't think we can look back on this trade and say, should we have made it until maybe, you know, all these guys are done. Or at least or at least what we see what Goldschmidt is like these last three years, this contract, Um, because, you know, if he falls off the face of the earth or if he if he continues to decline, um, then, you know, maybe it does end up being a better trade for Arizona than we originally thought, because that was another trade. You know, both the Ardotto and Goldschmidt trades at the time looked like absolute robberies in St. Louis's favor. You know, Mm -hmm. the, the pieces going in return weren't even close at the time to what was being coming to St. Louis. Maybe that Arizona trade ends up being a little bit closer than we thought.
1: Yeah. And just the uh, back on the philosophy of trading star players for prospects. Like I mentioned that Zach Greinke trade, the, the D-backs acquired three of their top five prospects. But the those three guys, the D-backs haven't got a return yet from that Zach Greinke trade, except for Josh Rojas, who was the number like 22 or 24 prospect in the Astros organization. Like the top three guys that they got back, Corbin Martin. He pitched yesterday. He got lit up by the Giants, only his second Major League start. J.B. Bruskakis has been lit up in pretty much every relief outing he's had. Seth Beer, they're like, this guy can't be called up as a first baseman until they bring the DH back to the National League. So who knows until we see him. And so far, the best guy has been the dude who was considered the throwaway piece in the deal and Josh Rojas, who's like the starting – uh, you know, second baseman for the D backs starting second, uh, yeah, second baseman for the D backs. So, uh, it trading in baseball, like you said, it's just so weird. Trading yeah. for prospects is so weird. If you go through like the top 100 MLB.com prospects year by year, you'd be like, man, this top 10, uh, it didn't pan out at all. And some years you'd be like, man, eight eight of the top 10, you know, were all superstar players. So, I think baseball is just such a weird sport in that respect. Like, you have to wait, get what five years sometimes for right. <laughs> your draft pick actually make it to the big leagues i this is probably an unpopular opinion but i'm probably pro cutting some minor league systems i know we all want to get minor leagues uh minor league players paid but maybe we could pay them more if we cut some of these minor league systems because i feel like you don't need seven minor league systems i think we'd be okay if we just had a triple a and a double a honestly
0: yeah i mean they cut it down to four i mean across across league, i think they have triple double single and then, or they have single high A or low A. So they cut it down. You know, that wasn't necessarily to pay them more, but it was, yeah. uh, uh, you know, maybe you got a point, you know, I, I don't really know. I haven't looked too much into it, but it, it is just so bizarre because at any other, you know, at least in two sports that I'm thinking of, in NBA and NFL, you get drafted out of high school. That's your talent pool. You know, th- those guys are, could make an, an instance right away there aren't too many guys. I don't know if there's anybody that's been drafted and gone straight to the major leagues without touching the minor leagues. Mm. And it, baseball is just such a different animal when you're looking at that. It's just so hard to, to evaluate.
1: Yeah. And you got guys like Jose Fernandez or Ben Tendy who, spent like a half season in the minor leagues. I mean, Dansby Swanton damn near made it from, you know, spent like no time in the minor leagues. And he, he's struggling on the big league level right now. So it's just a weird sport in that respect. But uh, that's probably all I got for you today, Lucas, on my side of questions, unless you got any more for me before you want to get out of here.
0: No, the only thing I always like to do, you know, baseball is so weird, but you got a four-game set. You know, again, we don't know whether that, that max will be still on their losing streak, but what's your prediction for this four-game set?
1: put you D-backs, on the spot the backs lose a three out of four and four not heartbreaking fashion it'll be expected <laughs> fashion let me ask you one more question though because i asked Absolutely. this the last pod that I thought was kind of fun uh i just want to know like what is the thing that well like what storyline or plot line has intrigued you most from the baseball season it doesn't even have to be from your own team because you know the three true outcomes that's been highly talked about all the no hitters and for me that's the one I picked I think the advent of all these no hitters like damn near every other day really aren't that good for the sport you're trying to grow the audience I don't think it, it's a fun time if you I don't think it's easy to grow an audience by saying hey come watch baseball literally nothing is going to happen tonight I think that's a hard sell to try to you know get new people in the in the stadium so I think just seeing all these no hitters and the dominance of pitchers this season after we had such a you know explosion in the home run ball I think it's just been. And pretty interesting to track all this pitching dominance so what's been the most storyline you followed this year
0: you know probably one that, that jumps out to me like, off the top of my head is Shohei Otani I mean mm-hmm. what, what he's doing out in Anaheim is is borderline impossible <laughs> with you know it's hard enough to pitch at the major league level it's hard enough to hit at the major league level it's darn near impossible like I just mentioned the same word twice but darn near impossible to do it to do both and it's it's uncomprehensible to do both at the level that he's doing it. And I think that it's just an, an incredible feat credit to him. You know, are the angels the most exciting team to watch in baseball? No, no, they're, they're fourth or fifth in their division. And I, I get that. But at the same time in a sport that does not have a lot of, you know, one guy doing all this historic things and, you know, he can, he can literally pretty much do it all on a baseball field. And I think that that deserves to be celebrated because that's not something that, anybody else has done pretty much since Babe Ruth.
1: Yeah. I was going to say he might be like the first guy since bonds that people actually like want to go to their TV whenever he's up at the plate, because I mean, there's a lot of stars in today that are bigger than Mike Trout in terms of just name value, like a Mookie Betts or Fernando Tatis, but I don't even know if any of those guys When they're at the plate, you want to stop what you're doing, go watch the game real quick and see what they're about to do. I feel like Shohei Otani is in that class. And I just want another quick question about, and it's about Otani before we wrap up here. If he's doing at least what, you know, 80% of what he's accomplishing this season over the next 10 years, do you feel like, because this is how I feel, I feel like he has to be the MVP the next decade. Like what other dude can you say is arguably your best slugger and the number two starter in your rotation. like I don't know what more you have to do to be constituted as an MVP, honestly.
0: No, that's a great point. You know, I mean, because when you're looking at the MVP, you're not just looking at offensive numbers. You know, clearly, mm-hmm. pitchers have won the MVP. Clayton Kershaw, Justin Verlander. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Bob Gibson even has an MVP. I could be wrong there. But um, when you have both of those at such a high level, you have to look at it. And also, you have to look at it, you know, not just compare his offense to other offenses or compare his pitching to other pitching but look at the fact that he's doing both at an above-average level, maybe not elite-elite, but at an above-average level so well, that's remarkable. And th- you could argue that there's nobody, and again, this might not be how a lot of the voters vote on it, you know, their mindset, but there's probably nobody more valuable to their team than Shohei. And v- mm-hmm. just for the reason you mentioned, being probably their best slugger, their second-best slugger, and their number one or number two arm. Who else is that important to their team? Nobody, not one. So if that's how you want to judge MVP, then absolutely he should be in that consideration. I agree.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's most valuable. So if the guy's (laughs) pitching and batting for you and he's the best player on your team doing both, I feel like he has to win it. Lucas, thanks for this crossover, man. Had a great time chatting about the Cardinals and D-backs. I'm going to be honest, not too excited for this series. (laughs) Not excited for most uh, D-backs games nowadays, but... Where can the people find you uh before we get out of here? Where can my D listeners find you?
0: Absolutely. Uh Twitter at LJ Fastball, follow the show on Twitter at L O underscore Cardinals. You can email the show at lockedoncards at gml.com. Love to answer any of your questions. Um, and hope you can lock you can subscribe on any podcasting channel. Millard, where can my cardinal fans find you?
1: Twitter at creator Thomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked On Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. Love it, Miller. Uh, I also agree. Think the Cardinals take
0: three out of four, but regardless, yeah. it'll 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 be fun regardless because we get, we get to watch baseball, we get to talk about baseball for at least part of our living. So, could be worse things.
1: Yes, yeah, sir. And hey, maybe uh, I'll ask you once we get off here, but maybe a locker room this weekend. And good. hey,
0: <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.